Hello, and welcome back to the Parents at Work podcast, a podcast for parents who want to succeed at work while also raising children. My name is Lori Mahalik-Levin, and already today I've been to a minute clinic to get my son diagnosed with strep throat, and we got sprayed with Powerade by some rogue teenagers who should have been in school. So it's been an exciting working parent day already. In my professional world, I am a healthcare lawyer. I'm also the founder of a program called Mindful Return that helps employers to retain their new parent top talent and helps new parents to go back to work after parental leave. And in my personal life, I am mama to two wonderful redheaded boys, and I'm joined today by my co-host and partner in working parent crime, Jason Levin. Hey, Jason. Good morning, Lori, and what a morning it has been, and what I'm I'm thrilled that we actually got to the point where we could do the podcast. My name is Jason Levin. I'm the founder of Ready, Set, Launch, LLC, where I'm a keynote speaker, trainer, and coach. I advise executives on how to grow their professional services practice and make intentional career transitions. My debut book, Relationships to Infinity, The Art and Science of Keeping in Touch, is available on Amazon and wherever you find books online. And so super excited that we are continuing our episodes around real estate and real estate agents. We had done uh, the dads and now we're here doing the moms. Lori, this is uh, this is pretty cool. This is a really interesting topic. Yeah. And if you haven't gone and listened to the conversation with our two working parent dads in real estate with Corey Lee and Paul Benchup, please go take a listen to that episode. Today, we are here with two amazing moms in real estate, Eva Davis and Jennifer Eby. We just learned, Jason and I, that this is their first ever podcast appearance. So we're honored that it is with the Parents at Work podcast. I'm going, to tell you a, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Jen. Jason's going to tell you a little about Eva. And then we are going to dig into our conversation with them. Jen Eby is a realtor in the north suburbs of Atlanta. Hey, Jen, I was at the Atlanta airport yesterday. And she's been in the real estate industry for nine years. She loves house shopping with clients, staging her listings for sale, and making friends with her clients. She and her husband, Joel, have been married for 19 years, and they're raising two daughters, Elizabeth, who's a senior, and Gabriella, who is a freshman. Welcome, Jen. And Jason, over to you to tell us about Eva. Eva Davis is an executive vice president at Compass and is a real estate agent in the Washington, D.C. metro area. Eva brings significant business experience to her real estate career from her time in the mortgage industry, positioning her for great success in the greater Washington, D.C. market. Her high-touch service, tough negotiating skills, ongoing hustle, and sense of humor have helped her build a deep referral business. Eva currently lives in downtown Bethesda with her University of Michigan-loving husband, Go Blue, and her two little kids, with whom she enjoys exploring the food scene in the D.C. area and taking advantage of local concerts, parks, theater exhibits, and playgrounds. Welcome to both Eva and to Jen. Yes, so glad to have you here. And uh, yes, to exploring area playgrounds. Okay, so <laughs> let's start with you, Jen. First... Walk us through, if you would, your own personal working parent story. Well, let's see. I started off my, well, working parent, I guess, oh, about 17 years ago, I was working for American Cancer Society. And then I had my first child and decided to stay home. But at that time, I got a little bored and I reached out to a former 
competitor that I used to work alongside with on um, some accounts. And she hired me to do freelance. So I did freelance public relations work for a very large chemical company in the Michigan area for about mm, probably 10 years or so. And then the projects dried up right around the recession, the Great Recession. And that's sort of when I went into real estate. So I've done communications and I've done real estate um, as a working parent. And I'm actually back to communications along with real estate as well. I I took a state job um, in their communications department working from home, but I am still hustling houses on the side. So I'm doing it both. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that, Jen. And it strikes me that real estate is the type of thing where one can have sort of a non-traditional entry and path and, as you said, do it on the side too. So thanks for bringing your story. Eva, over to you. Can you tell us about your own personal working parent journey? Sure. I have only been a parent as a working parent, so I don't know anything else. I, With my first child, who is four, so I'm a little bit different life stage with a four-year-old and a two-year-old, you know, took a six week maternity leave. And at the six week, just kind of said, like, I miss my work. I love what I do. You know, as an agent, you own your own business, your relationships. And I just really wanted to get back to that. And so I got back to work, which I thought was going to be part time and quickly realized that there's no such thing as a part time agent when you're with clients. And so kind of jumped back in and then was a little bit more prepared with my second and had that timeline in my mind that I would likely kind of get the itch to go back after spending the first six weeks with him. And it is, like you said, Lori, really nice because though, yes, I was back to kind of being a full-time agent after the six weeks, you are also able to stop in and have the visits, schedule things around appointments and, you know, spend some time. So there definitely is that flexibility which I think I was able to enjoy while still getting the kind of balance of the work that I wanted to be doing um, at the same time. So trying to enjoy kind of the moments in both the work and the new parenting. And then, you know, now just working full time with a lot of child care help and partner support. So that's kind of been my overall story. Wonderful. And we definitely heard that flexibility theme come through when we talked to the dads in real estate. Um, mm-hmm. Eva, just I'm going to stick with you for a moment, and then we'll go back to Jen. How would you describe what it's like to be a parent specifically in the real estate industry these days? You know, I think it's an interesting time because I think we've just lived through two really crazy years of the market, or really three almost years of the market, really being super busy and racing to everything, and I think really stretching our work life boundaries. But, you know, generally, I would say being a parent in real estate up until really the pandemic real estate market, you know, it was nice to be able to both be flexible, but also you have to be available. So I I always think about this, the moment that I had earlier in my career, I've been an agent for um, almost 10 years now. And probably in the third year, I was on the beach in Puerto Rico negotiating a deal. And I looked and I did this was before I was a working parent. I was not a parent yet. And I looked at my friend that I was with and I was like, this is awesome. Like I'm on the beach and I'm negotiating a deal and like, we're going to get it done and this and that. And then I also had a moment later that same day of like, oh, I'm on vacation. And like I had to work. So it was really both. But I think the like enjoyment of what I do and the passion is like what makes it like not burdensome to be able and more exciting to be able to do that. So I think being a parent, going back to being a parent part, it's the same thing. Like you 
get to be there for your kids as a real estate agent, but you're also potentially taking a call on the side because, you know, it can be very demanding and the market we've been in has been, you know, unprecedented in that way of demand. Yeah. Eva, you've, um, just going to stick with you for one more quick follow-up question. Yeah. You said the phrase, stretching your work-life boundaries. Is there such a thing as a work-life boundary in the real estate world? And how have you managed to do that even in micro pieces? Because sometimes all we can manage is... Yeah. yeah, it's a great question. And I think it is going to be personal to different people as far as, you know, what their comfortability is. I think for me, I, I, it's a struggle. I struggle with it for sure. I think I've, I've definitely tried to set some boundaries of, you know, being available for my kids in the evenings and then, you know, getting back online after trying to have some weekend time that is just with my family, but recognizing that a bulk of our work gets done on the weekend. So I've tried to set kind of some of those boundaries in there, but yes, sometimes have to take that call during dinner and you step out. And I think it's just a constant juggling or multitasking, which I think is something, you know, you kind of learn in parenting is multitasking. And that definitely comes in handy, you know, both with clients and when you're with your work-life balance. Thank you, Eva. Yes, we're very familiar with this, the split <laughs> shift and lots of plates flying around at the same time. Yeah. Over to you, Jen. How would you describe what it's like to be a parent specifically in real estate these days? In whatever capacity you're still doing the real estate. How would I describe it? A lot like Eva described it. Um, you know, my kids are older. They are teenagers. So they require a lot less time. And in fact, this is something I don't know that any of you have experienced yet, but it kind of caught me by surprise as they got older. And especially once they had wheels, you tend not to see them as much. And then you find that you're going through this natural life transition of not being needed as much. So for me right now, it's actually helping to fill a void where, you know, my kids are slowly, you know, preparing to leave the nest. They're not as round as much anymore. They don't need me to take them places anymore because they can do it themselves. So it's a little bit more freeing. It provides me with some meaningful work that I enjoy doing without me feeling like I'm missing out on their lives because they're naturally gravitating towards their friends and doing things outside, you know, in their own social circles. So it looks a little different for me at this point, but I enjoyed it. I actually kind of need it more than I used to when they were little because I'm not, you know, I need something to take up my time now that they're not taking up as much time. Does that make sense? It does. And that was such a beautiful reflection, Jennifer. I mean, First of all, the thought of my children getting behind the wheel of a car still scares me a little bit. Um, but we were, <laughs> Same we're, starting, here. Yeah, we're starting to see glimmers of that freedom that you're talking about in terms of, you know, our oldest son now walks and helps himself to school and just has more autonomy. And I love the idea that it is a natural transition toward a separation mm -hmm. instead of just like one day they leave and suddenly they, you know, they needed you for everything and then they needed you for nothing. And I love that you are filling that space with something that you really enjoy. And I think it behooves all of us to pause and think about what are those things going to be that we can rely on when it's not just our kids that we're looking after all the time. So thank you for yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. Over to you, Jason. You know, and it's funny to hear Jen talk about the, her kids having wheels and that image you know, years ago, I mean, you know, our, our kids are 12 and 10 now, but like to actually see that image come to life. We were just a couple of months ago at the DC Auto Show and our 12 year old got into the 
driver's seat of one of the cars. And, you know, Lori and I looked at him and like, oh, my God, he's not that little anymore. This idea of getting wheels is like happening. So uh, I share uh, Lori's, uh, you know, appreciation of your reflection, Jen, of, wow, you know, this is this is going to happen and we're not going to be uh, needed as much. And it's fantastic that, you know, you have real estate to be able to fill uh, something that, you know, you need professionally. So, Jen, I'm going to stay with you for a second. You know, this is something that I thought was really interesting in the dads in real estate segment we had done where the more we sit on what it's like to be a real estate agent, you really do own your own business. You're an entrepreneur. As an entrepreneur, you normally, if you're working for an organization, you know, you get these series of workplace supports. As an entrepreneur, what workplace supports did you have when you became a working parent? To be honest with you, not very much other than on a very personal level. So they don't offer health benefits. They don't offer a lot of the things that you get when you are working for an organization. So there really wasn't any workplace supports, but there was understanding. So for instance, I remember, oh gosh, it must have been about eight years ago now. Uh, my youngest daughter had no school, but we had broker open. So I don't know what day you guys do it in DC, Eva, but here in Atlanta, every Tuesday, um, brokers will open their listings if they're having trouble selling them or they want um, to get other agents' perspectives on pricing or the house condition that sort of thing. We invite each other over. We serve refreshments or lunch. We get opinions. And because she had no school that day, I had to bring her with me. And so I kind of introduced her when I showed up to a listing. I just said, well, this is my little intern today. You know, hope you don't mind if she comes along. And everyone just loved it. You know, they invited her in and they talked to her. And so we had a really fun day going from house to house to house and entering all the drawings. And she got a lottery ticket. So I would say the workplace support was probably more on a personal level than on a company level. But I did I did really appreciate how all of the agents I got to be with that day were so welcoming to her. You know, and it's really interesting what you're describing, Jen. It's almost as if you have been able to have your own bring your child to work day <laughs> through. Um, yes, through, so. <laughs> absolutely. I'm curious. I want to stay with us for a second. How have your children seen what you do? Have they been uh, uh, little interns as you've evolved in your um, agent life? Um, I think they've seen a lot of what I do um, because they're. I work from my house. You know, I actually have a huge storage closet in my basement full of staging items, and they've seen me pack them up in boxes and haul them up to the main level and pack up my car and. They know I'm taking it over to one of the houses in my neighborhood and I've staged it and they've seen the pictures and the results of all of that work. And then they've heard me on the phone negotiating or complaining about something or my client complaining about something. So yeah, they have seen a lot of what I do just by the nature of me being here and doing the work while they're here most of the time. I don't know that they're interested in it, but they definitely have seen me do work here for sure. That's fascinating, Jen. Thank you. Uh, Eva, same question. Being an entrepreneur, owning your own business, how did you navigate workplace supports uh, when you became uh, a working parent? Um, the first thing that comes to mind for me is really my team. So I'm on a team. I lead a team with uh, seven, six other agents. There's seven of us total. And then we have also um, three admin support and 
um, our director of operations really helps us keep the the train on the tracks and going. And so I think I definitely leaned on my teammates and partners for physical support of showings and um, inspections and walkthroughs and things like that. I think if I needed to um, both maternity or for health reasons or just, you know, other things in life um, that goes on. And then I think in my personal life, you know, having a full-time nanny is kind of the route that we went because of my hours being so kind of all over the place and um, just really wanting to have someone there. So if I needed to leave short notice to go show a house and come back in an hour or two, it wouldn't be, you know, a stress. So I think those have been kind of the big supports. I totally agree with Jen though. Like, you know, they're, they're not built in to the real estate agent industry and you kind of have to figure out, I think every agent figures out kind of what they need to support themselves, both personally and professionally to maximize their business as well. And, and that's kind of also where the admin support comes in and team for strategizing and things like that. So that was kind of the support that I tried to set up and have set up for myself. You know, Eva, this is really interesting, you know, and this also came from the dad side is that because you're an entrepreneur that there there are no supports and and I'm and I'm just trying to stay with this for a second. Are there conversations within the real estate community? I'm like, wow, why why is this why is this? Or is it just think, like understood? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little both. Like, yes, there are some conversations. I think part of it is we all like part of the appeal of the agent is being your own boss, having your own business, being an entrepreneur, running it the way you want to run it, teaming with who you want to team and whatever way you want. Like there's not one path or way to be an agent and run your business. So I think for that freedom comes and some of the nature of the beast, if you will, is not having the infrastructure and some of the kind of support set up because everyone's kind of running theirs the way they want. That being said, I know, you know, our broker, I'm with Compass um, in DC and we've, they've set up like a group healthcare package where you can get a significantly discounted on your healthcare because everyone, not everyone, everyone who needs it at Compass is, is, you know, using that, that provider. So I think there's been a move towards, and there's like a moms of Compass and a dads of Compass and parents, like there's all these different groups that are creating some support systems within the brokerage on a national level, not just in the DMV of trying to create some supports there and and just having conversations, like you said, discussing what works, what doesn't work, what have you found for support and doing this as a parent. So the conversation is definitely there, but I don't see there being this big shift because of the fact that I think people like being entrepreneurs and running their businesses. I want to jump in really quickly, even on something you said, you said that there's a group, you know, moms of compass and dads of compass, maybe parent groups nationally. And I just wanted to offer that I founded and run a group called the working parent group network, which is for the leaders of working parent ERGs, employee resource groups and affinity groups at different employers. And we have about maybe 270 people in the group who lead these working parent efforts. So if there's anyone at compass or Jen, anybody who you know, who is leading one of these groups mm -hmm. and wants to join and sort of help not recreate the wheel in terms of creating supports for employees, feel free to join us. We meet once a month by Zoom and have a great, robust email listserv. So go to www.mindfulreturn.com forward slash WPGN. If there's anybody at Compass who wants to join, 
just to sort of share ideas about what other people are doing to support the working parents in their workplaces. Okay, that's great. I will definitely, I know one of the agents in the DC area who's very involved in kind of the programming and panel, we have panels and discussions and things. So I will definitely suggest that to her and pass that on. Awesome. Sounds good. Back over to you, Jason. Well, you know, one of the things I, I like is this this whole notion of uh, community and how you build community. It's that intersection between community and entrepreneurship, which I think is is really fascinating. And I, I think that's what I've really enjoyed about both uh, doing the dads and, and this segment is that it really has gotten me thinking about what it's like to be a real estate agent in a whole new way. For me, I, I always love the career story. So I want to go back to Jen. When you were middle school, high school, I'm curious, what was your first job uh, and what do you think you've learned from it? That is a throwback. And what's funny is I was actually telling my daughter about it yesterday because my first job was with an oral surgeon off of Route 10. And I can't remember his name. Gosh, I mean, how embarrassing, but it's been what, 35 years or no, 30 some odd years. I worked at an oral surgeon. He had taken my wisdom teeth out, I think my junior year. And my mom had seen when she was taking me there that they were looking for somebody to do like reception work and filing odd, odds and ends sort of jobs, you know, a couple hours after school every day or a couple of times a week. I can't remember exactly. So I did some filing. I typed dictated letters. I actually developed the the films, you know, like your x-rays back in the day when they still had x-rays on film. Wow. <laughs> a little dark room in there. So I did that. Just sort of all kinds of odds and ends. And I was telling my daughter about that yesterday because I actually took her to the oral surgeon to get her evaluation yesterday. So um, what did I learn from that? Aside from some cleaning tips on how to get blood out of the clothing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see, probably just some good admin skills and people skills and, you know, learning how to be in an office and interact with patients. I, I guess some customer service I learned that I actually have had to use that in my job as a real estate agent. So that's probably what I learned. So, uh, and so what Jen's describing, uh, Route 10 is in Morris County in Northern New Jersey, which is an important place uh, for some of us that are near and dear to our hearts. Uh, There's a lot of good things that go on in Route 10. But I want to stay with you, Jen. You were talking about customer service uh, and Mm -hmm. servicing the customer. Were there any unruly people that came in and out of the office that uh, you needed to handle? uh, uh, And how does that translate into what you're doing now? I don't remember anybody that was unruly. I do remember people who were still under the influence of like the twilight drugs who were a little loopy. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know that I had to, I didn't have any tough tough customers, but you know, I had to learn how to help people to be polite. Not that I didn't know how to do that already, but I guess just interacting and being professional, you know, not just a high schooler, but being professional and um, polite was probably what I learned the most from that. Yeah. And I like it. I like it. Eva, same question. Uh, What was your first job? What did you learn from it? I think my first job, I'm having a hard time remembering the timeline exactly, was um, working at my my parents' business, actually doing sales, funny enough, very different kind of sales, but was making calls to people to see if they wanted to basically join some of the offerings at the business. And so it was kind of And then also doing a lot of administrative tasks just around the office and working with the other admins in the office as kind of the the runner and the printer and things like that. But I think it was that or it was being a camp counselor. 
which I might have done right after that school year or right before that school year. But I think, you know, from the, from the sales job, I didn't really realize it was sales, but looking back, it definitely was. I was, but I was calling and just talking to people I didn't know and reading off a script almost. But I think it gave me some comfortability with, you know, picking up the phone and, and having a conversation with people um, and not being, you know, nervous about that. Um, and then the camp counselor job was definitely more challenging um, at a sleepover camp um, as being kind of a counselor in training in a cabin and helping corral kids. <laughs> so those are my two that I can think of. Well, I mean, you know, being a camp counselor, you know, that, that that's fascinating. But uh, the, the sales thing, you had a script that you would read that, that did your parents like write something out that you would have to rehearse or. Yeah, I was like, you know. I I didn't, I I mean, maybe I rehearsed it a little bit, but it was really like, you know, you've participated in this program before. This is what the offerings are. Like, here's what, you know, do you have any questions? We'd love to have you back. You know, that kind of conversation. So it was scripted in the sense that it was the same conversation I was having. And I had a list that I would just go down and call. Wow. Pounding the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That's how they did it in Texas, I guess. Respect. (laughs) Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. What interesting stories from both Jen and Eva on uh, on what you've uh, done uh, growing up. That's fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. If we're talking about translatable skills, I would be remiss if I didn't ask each of you. Um, and let's start with you, Jen. What skills do you think that you've gained through parenthood that are particularly helpful to your role in real estate? Well, that's a great question. Um, I think just naturally parenting naturally is somewhat like being a real estate agent because you're guiding your customers through a process that you're very familiar with and something they're probably not very familiar with and it's stressful on top of it. So you're having to kind of parent them along the way, um, setting expectations around how things could go or could not go or should go. I think those are mainly the skills. You get some negotiating skills too when your kids are little. I don't have to do that as much anymore as now that they're older, but negotiating skills for sure. But I honestly think just just guiding them along the process, setting expectations, letting them know what to expect are really the things that I have used most from my parenting in with my customers. And also too, letting them learn some things on their own. For example, a lot of times a customer will come and say, you know, I want a house with six bedrooms and five baths and I want it to be $500,000. Well, there's nothing like that around here, right? So instead of telling them, oh, I'm sorry, you can't, you know, we just don't have that or it's going to be really difficult. You know, I just, depending on the customer or client, I, I basically will step back and just say, okay, well, let's see what is around in the area and I'll set up a search. And sometimes they just kind of learn after a while that their expectations are not realistic without me having to say it. So just depending on the client, I'm sure Eva can understand that concept to you, you know, setting expectations and letting people learn on their own or some things that you do as a parent that also translate into real estate. You are a guide for that person through a process. And it sounds like that skill of learning to show and not tell is also really helpful. Yeah, I really like the idea of letting them discover things on their own too. How about over to you, Eva? What would you say are some skills that you think parenthood gave you that are also useful on your job? I totally agree um, with everything Jennifer just said. I mean, I think 
definitely. Um, and obviously having been a parent for less time, only four years, even in that short time, kind of experiencing the Sometimes people do need to experience some of it for themselves and a little bit of kind of your advice, but it, it's a gentle push versus a force, I think, in a lot of ways for a lot of clients and, and, and kids. And I think also the multitasking piece really strikes me because I feel like at home, we're kind of doing a lot of things at once, moving, ch- switching gears, change of plans, you know, just being flexible and nimble. And I feel like a lot of that translates to one, the market that we're in, and two, kind of what people are experiencing with changes also in the economic environment with rates and jobs and just all of it. So I think, you know, being nimble and open to change and and being okay with that um, and comfortable with that is something that I think Parenthood has taught me that I use at work. And then I think the last thing that just we haven't mentioned is really understanding what people need with families and with kids in a house and in a community and what may be helpful. And I have a lot of clients who don't have kids yet, but plan to, and that's certainly in their mind or they're already expecting. And, you know, that's in their mind when they're looking for a home in a community. And oftentimes they're moving from condo city life and they're thinking about suburbs or just a little farther out city life. And so I think having now the experience of the kids and their stuff and their needs and the community needs has really been helpful for me with clients. Mm, that practical knowledge is something I hadn't really mm-hmm. thought about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the kids and their stuff. You mean the stuff and then the kids that come with all the stuff. Yes. <laughs> so um, much stuff. It so keeps getting bigger. Stuff. Yes. <laughs> um, in addition to that practical knowledge, just the empathy that I'm sure you have now that you've lived through it, pivoting. I mean, pivot was like the word of the pandemic, but it's helpful forever in working parent life. And I'm sure in real estate too. And that being nimble, you mentioned nimble. I love that word. I think on your second point, you were saying about the changing market conditions and having to sort of adapt and change with them, which leads Mm -hmm. perfectly into my next question. So I'll stay with you, Eva. What changes do you see happening in real estate right now that also happen to affect working parents? I mean, I think, yeah, I've mentioned it and I think I'll stick with it is really the speed of the market and just how quickly properties are moving. And it's really been, you know, since May or so of 2020 that properties were just moving so quickly. I mean, within 24 hours, sometimes even less that you had to be also moving really quickly. Getting your clients prepared for that is one piece of it because it's emotionally and financially a lot to think about, but also to do. And then also kind of physically moving quickly to get to the house, do the pre-inspection, get the offer in, negotiate it, present your client in the best light, create the rapport with the other agent, all of these pieces, and I'm probably missing some in there, but gives you an idea of all these things that need to happen quickly. And again, a big decision for people to make on a big purchase. So um, I think the speed has definitely been hard because when you're a parent and you're involved in something, you know it's hard to sometimes just drop it and say, well, I have to take this call. I'm waiting to hear about an offer at nine o'clock on Friday night or five o'clock on Saturday or whatever it is. So I think that the speed at the market and, and we did see a slowdown in the summer of 22 and in the fall of 22. But I think now we're kind of back, even though rates are still on the higher end of what they had been. Inventory is so low here in the DMV that we are still moving at a very rapid pace in the single family homes market. Condos are different, but for single family homes and a lot of row house, you know, townhouses, it's just the speed at which things move. One example is this past weekend, Friday 
evening, I found out that my clients wanted to do a pre-inspection on the house. And 8 a.m. was the only time on Saturday that we could get permission to do it. And offers were going to be due on Sunday. So 8 a.m., we're doing a pre-inspection on a Saturday that we scheduled on Friday night. So that's just one example, micro example, but it's it's kind of what we've been living with, I think, here, at least in our area. So it's just a lot of reshuffling, multitasking, that kind of thing. Yeah. Thank you, Eva. And what has come through very clearly to me in your comments is your understanding of the psychology of each of the players here too, which um, I imagine having to navigate the different personalities of your children and their ever-changing <laughs> lives and moods and whatever is probably helpful. I'm thinking back to another translatable skill. <laughs> yes, but, I think you're totally right. I didn't think about it that way, but yes, 100%. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, Wonderful. a lot of personalities. Yes. Um, John, over to you. What changes do you think are happening in real estate right now that also happen to affect working parents? Eva hit all of the points. I mean, we have a very similar market here in North Atlanta that it sounds like she described there in DMV. But yeah, we're just pivoting. Like she said, moving back and forth. I mean, things are sitting on the market a little longer if they're not priced right. And we're seeing less multiple offers, but things are still moving quickly. I had a, a listing last month that went you know, over the weekend. So I think just setting expectations too, because the market isn't exactly the way it was during 2020 and 2021. I mean, those were my two best years in real estate ever. I mean, it, it was incredibly, incredibly busy and incredibly stressful. And so now we're having to have these conversations with sellers, particularly letting them know it's still a seller's market, but all the stories you heard from two years ago may not end up being what you're going to see. We'll still have multiple offers. We won't have 20. We'll have five. <laughs> so um, how that affects working parents, it's j- really just what Eva described. I mean, I don't know how else to say it, but... Oh, absolutely. It seems that this is a, a national phenomenon and trend. You know, and and before I, I hit on the last question, what I'm really enjoying about what Eva and Jen are talking about is the depth and breadth of knowledge that you bring to bear. And I think Jen had used the word, I'm a guide. Uh, and, you know, I had this image of like a Sherpa going up a mountain. And, you know, it's still I still laugh when people are like, ah, I don't need an agent. And I'm like, you have no idea the depth of knowledge that a real estate agent has and all the different stakeholders and like parts of the process. Kudos and a ton of credit to both of you for being those uh, very important guides. Jen, I'm going to stay with you. Uh, And it's going to be a lightning round. Last three questions all in one. What's your number one best piece of advice for navigating life as a working parent, your number one book and number one piece of technology? My number one piece of advice would be to really savor the time with your kids. It goes by so quickly. And everyone says that. And it's so true. You know, the days are long and the years are short, but it kind of catches you it catches your breath when you realize, oh gosh, I only have X amount of years left with so-and-so. And you know, I'm staring down graduation with my oldest. And I feel like I just blinked and here I am. And it's so easy when you're tired and you're working and you've got children, you know, your the demands of your kids on you and family life and taking care of your living quarters, all of that stuff. Just take a moment, take a breath. And just live in the moment. That's probably my greatest piece of advice. I haven't read a parenting book in a long time. I'm 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 sad to say that, but 
I do have uh, Victor Frankel's uh, Man's Search for Meaning is an excellent, excellent book. I think everyone should read it and it should be read in high school. Technology. I, I can't live without my cell phone. <laughs> I'm sure Eva would say the same thing. I mean, as a real estate agent, I just, it's my little computer in my hand and it's my lifeline to my kids. You know, I have Life 360, so I can tell where they're at. They can tell where I'm at if I'm late running to get them or if I need to come get them sort of a thing. So for me, it's the cell phone as much. Wait, as what, what's what? Life 360? Tell us about that. Oh gosh. It's, it's an app where you can track your circle. So if you have, for me, it's my family. For my daughters, they even have their friends. So you can hit the Life 360 button and see on a map where each person in your circle is located. So I can tell when my husband's at work. I can tell where my kids are at school. Wow. Yeah. When you're driving, like right now, my husband's on a bike ride and he's going. There are no secrets in your family. There are no secrets in my family. He's going (laughs) 18 miles per hour down North Point Parkway on his bicycle. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) There is actually a, um, do you know that show Black, Black Mirror? Have you ever seen that show? It's a little frightening. It's a little frightening, but it's super fascinating. It's about the downsides of technology. And they actually did one about this sort of app. I'm pretty sure it was about Life360 and the negative consequences that being overly controlled, you know, with your children can can take. So I don't know if I'd recommend the series. It's definitely not for the faint of heart. I almost didn't watch the series after the very first episode. I would actually recommend you don't watch that one. (laughs) But anyway. Have your daughters pushed back on Life 360 or were they okay when you implemented it in your family? How did that conversation go? So we live right next door to our middle school. And so our children walk to school and we would always coordinate, you know, especially when they started in um, sixth grade that they walk together. But we always wanted to be able to know where they were or if there was a problem, have them be able to reach out to us. So even though I wasn't comfortable with them having cell phones at like that age, it was sort of a necessity. So when they got it, it was just, well, this is what we're doing. And there wasn't really a lot of pushback. And actually, a lot of college students use Life360 with their friends, which is great because then they can keep tabs on each other's safety. You know, they can say, I have, I, I know a couple of college age girls who's like, yeah, you know, if my friends on Life360, if one of them tells me I'm going to a party here or there, you know, or I'm, I'm going somewhere, I tell them they can track me. If I don't come home at a certain time, they can see where I'm at. Oh so, my gosh. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's really cool. That yeah. is cool. Yeah. That, I mean, that's an application I had not thought of. Yeah. The safety piece. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's basically why we do it. I'm, I'm not doing it to like control my kids. I just want to know where they're at and they yeah. can see me coming or going depending on, you know, the day. But I think Disney also has a, a similar app or they used to when Life360 came out, but it is free. There is a free application for it. And there's also a paid subscription one that gives you way more information, like how fast they're driving, if they're driving, all kinds of cool stuff. I've learned something today. That's amazing. Thank you, Jen. Uh, on to you, Eva. Um, I guess the num- my number one piece of advice is, I think, similar uh, to enjoy all the little moments because I think they go by really fast. And also to enjoy the little moments at work too, because work is stressful. Work can be a lot, but it can also bring you a lot of joy and brings me a lot of joy. So I try to take pieces from both the work and the personal um, to feel fully fulfilled. 
Number one book, I, I'm not, this is not even because Jason, you're asking me this question. The only book that I have read in the last couple of years is Relationship to Infinity. And it really impacted me so much that I bought it <laughs> for my entire team. And not because anyone asked me to, but because I really, it really resonated and was so, so relevant to our business um, and what we do every single day. Um, that is my number one book. I I hope I can get back to reading uh, when my kids move into this next phase of independence that you all speak of. And absolutely, technology is my phone. Um, nothing more valuable than a computer in your hands on the go. And I mean, for so many reasons, it is the majority of the technology that I use. The second runner up would be YouTube because I unfortunately have resorted to YouTube videos for the kids. Those are my tech pieces. <laughs> we know we know way more YouTube uh, celebrities than we do like even Hollywood celebrities. Yeah. It's insane of the yes. amount of, of YouTube characters there are out there and channels and just all of it. It's a whole world that I did not know. Yeah, about. we even went to see a bunch of YouTubers live at the Capital One Arena, which is a first and last time. But uh... <laughs> I did not know that was a thing. That's amazing. <laughs> yes, you can actually. It do is. That. Don't do it. Don't, Don't do, do it. it. Okay. Don't do it. I will Don't need your warning and not not tell my kids about that. This has been fantastic, Jen and Eva. I'll let Lori close it out, but I've really enjoyed this conversation and getting to know both of you and just hearing the both the depth of knowledge you bring to bear as well as how you've been able to navigate uh parenthood i I just love it wonderful yes thank you jen thank you eva and i'm gonna have in my brain all day the idea of savoring the little moments at work too we don't often hear that we think oh savor the moments with your kids but we do spend a lot of our day at work and hopefully there are pieces of it that we really do enjoy and want to sink into okay so Please stick with us and come back for our next episodes of the Parents at Work podcast. Our next series or pair of episodes is going to be with some moms and dads in the professional development field. We're really excited about that. And I have three requests of you. One, if you know someone who's a parent in real estate or perhaps who's expecting a baby and is in real estate, we would love if you would share this episode and the Parents at Work uh, dad real estate episode with them. Uh, number two, follow the Parents at Work podcast so that you don't ever miss an episode. And then three, if you would not mind leaving a quick review, we'd be really, really grateful for that as well. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Jen and Eva. This is a wonderful conversation and we'll catch you next time. Bye, all. Bye.